Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. It's Andre here from Mental Health, and I'm here with Philippa Lowe, who is the Chair of Trustees at Rethink, uh, and Alex Kennedy, who is the Head of Campaigning and Policy... And Public Affairs. Public yeah. Affairs. Sorry, you just told me that, Alex, and I've <laughs> gotten, forgotten it already. Um, you've just given a really brilliant presentation, um, almost no time at all to give it in. Um, and Philippa, starting with you, you spoke a lot about your own personal experience as a carer for your son who has a diagnosis of schizophrenia and your kind of journey through. Just, just give us a bit of a background about your life and your experience and your position here. Yes, what I was saying was my son developed schizophrenia more than 20 years ago and that has been quite a journey for both of us. And I was just illustrating the work of my charity, Rethink Mental Illness, by describing the issues that I had and he had along that journey in relation to what Rethink offers. And the first one was information. You were completely in the dark at the beginning of this journey. And especially all those years ago, there was very little information um, and explanation around. And so I contacted, on advice, I contacted the Rethink Advice and Information Service. And that's where I first began to learn what on earth was going on and where I could go next, so it was most valuable, and I still consult them quite often. Uh, and the next thing was that one of the things the advice service suggested was that I joined a carers group, a carers group for people with mental illness, at which I did, and there I found um, people I could rely on for support, for information, um, and help with what to do next. Um, and we run, uh, Rethink runs, 150 groups of that nature, carers groups, carers, service users, all peer support groups. And the next thing was that I became interested in campaigning because you learn about the injustices as you go along from other people and uh, Rethink runs, is probably best known of all for the campaigns that it runs. Uh, and finally, uh, we run many services and of course I began to look around for services. Um, my son stopped having to go to hospital but then he needed community services and Rethink runs a whole range of services from uh, crisis support houses to advocacy uh, via employment services and supported housing for instance and then the point I made it was I made was that as time goes on my son is now well in that he doesn't suffer from psychosis anymore but having been damaged by this journey he has some cognitive impairments so he finds it quite hard to look after for himself and always will I suspect and um, the, most, the thing that weighs now on my mind we're both 20 years older uh, there will be one day perhaps not that long away when I'm no longer here to help my son what happens there? the big burning issue of what happens when I'm gone and how do you think, you made the point that we should be measuring success of mental health services and the services that we offer for mental health carers by that kind of criteria, what happens when I'm gone? Mm -hmm. where, where do you think we are now in terms of providing mental health care for people who are severely ill and, and support for their carers compared to where we were 20 years ago? I think things are much improved. As I said, uh, there was very little information there was very little sharing, you didn't feel part of the issue. There was very little sort of mutual respect. I think those things have changed. <clears throat> I think one thing that's got worse, though, is there is a tremendous amount of staff shortage. And then <clears throat> start high staff, <clears throat> excuse me, high staff turnover, a lot of use of 
locums in, in professional posts. And I think that's worse than it was 20 years ago. Uh, and so you don't get the continuity of care. <laughs> when you do that, get the care, I think it is better. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, moving on to Alex, I guess we, we, we know that lots of policy work has been done over the last couple of years and lots of planning work has been done. You spoke in your talk about the positive aspects of the long-term plan in the NHS and also the Mental Health Act review. Do you want to kind of give us an overview of where you think we are now in terms of changing this system? Yeah, so so I think it is, it is an exciting point, I think. And I, I was saying how I think as, as both a sector and as a community of people who care about people who um, are severely affected by mental illness, who care for them, who uh, you know, have conditions themselves, I think can sort of claim some real credit for highlighting the issues and the gaps that do exist and making a really clear case, for instance, around the fact that community services, community mental health teams haven't had the investment that they need um, and also that even even if you get the improvement in those um, community sort of NHS services that you need all of the other um, services around that to treat people holistically and that that has been recognised in the long-term plan and that, that is a significant development and, uh, and an exciting thing but there's a long way to go to actually get that implemented to actually, you know, it's, it won't be the first time somebody's used the word holistic in a policy document and there's a long way it's quite an easy thing to say and actually delivering on it is going to take a lot of work and a lot of involvement from a lot of different people um, so kind of with my campaigner hat on that's an opportunity and one you know something to keep working at nationally and locally um, and then in terms of the mental health act review that's something which we think mental illness and you know lot, lots of individuals who ended up being involved in the review have been involved in campaigning for that for many many years uh, for reforms and obviously and you know and so and it's and again can feel a bit proud that it's been campaigning that led to that review being announced uh, I don't think it was actually expected that you know just around the time of an election the person who's seeking to be Prime Minister would say I'm going to rip up the Mental Health Act and that became the review but and, and I think that lots of the recommendations within the review really if they're implemented would make a really big difference so I was talking as it's a carers event um, and I was involved within the review on the family involvement and carer recommendations about some of those around nominated using a nominated person model instead of just selecting a nearest relative from a list and looking at all sorts of other ways to increase choice and involvement and you know why can't it be that um, family members could be involved in treatment decisions not just at the beginning at detention or just at the end around discharge if that's what the person you know the patient um, the service user wants um, so, so I think again, some really interesting opportunities which have come out of a lot of people's experiences. But we haven't yet got that bill. You know, there's a commitment to a, a government commitment to a white paper, but there's, it's going to be a different prime minister delivering on it. Um, so, really, there's a lot of campaigning left to do to make sure that that white paper happens and then that legislation happens. That throughout we keep to the ambition and also don't let those timescales slip because. You know, any moment there are 20,000 people subject to the Mental Health Act and we've all agreed that it's not where it needs to be either in terms of legislation or in terms of the practice that kind of sits around that more broadly. Thanks a lot for talking to me um, and keep up the amazing work. Thank, Thank you. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm.